Hello everyone and welcome to the Brunton Bugle, the one place to get your kind out of fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. And I'm Mike Booth. United's unbeaten run comes to an end in controversial circumstances as the ref takes centre stage in a 3-2 defeat. We look back on that loss to Leighton Orient while previewing the midweek trip to Cheshire to take on big spenders Stockport County. Left too much space there, didn't I? <laughs> on, so normally I'm gonna keep it quite tight to the thing, but there you go. Mm. Uh, I normally say, "How are you doing it today, Mike?" Obviously, I saw you yesterday. I'm gonna ask you, how's your voice today? Uh, it's a little bit better. I mean, to be honest, I thought that obviously it's Sunday now that we're recording. I thought I might have calmed down a little bit, but I haven't. I'm still I mean, absolutely furious. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure everyone can hear my voice is a little bit ropey today. I I got a little bit angry during that game, I think it's fair to say. As I'm sure did most crowd for that match, didn't they? It was a, quite a tasty one, shall we say. But um, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but first up, uh, let's do our usual uh, messages from uh, sponsors and uh, about subscribing and stuff like that. We're very proud to say that once again this season, the podcast has been sponsored by the Cal United Sports Club London Branch. The London Branch is open to all Cal United fans. They've got members from Cornwall to Dundee and Houston, Singapore, and of course, every part of London and the South East. They regularly meet up on away trips, as well as arranging many social events, sports games and fundraising for the club. They'll be providing us with information for the away games as part of the preview section this season too. You can find out more about the London Branch at their website, carlislondonbranch.org. Just a reminder also, if you don't already, please do subscribe to the podcast. You can do that on any good podcast app, wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Pocket Casts, any good podcast app. If you just search the Brunton Bugle, um, click subscribe, and then every time a new episode comes out, you will get straight into your inbox. And if you don't already, please do uh, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, at Brunton Bugle. Uh, same address on Instagram, at Brunton Bugle. Um, if you search for the Brunton Bugle on uh, Facebook and click like, you can follow us there, and uh, yeah, we're also on the Be Just On Fear Not Facebook group, um, which is a fantastic community. Over 3,000 people in there would recommend joining it, definitely. Uh, we're on the Cumberland.net message board, and you can find us on email, bruntonbugle at gmail.com. Okay, Mike, that's uh, all the uh, usual messages out of the way. Um, let's get into, well, I was going to say get into news. There's no news because it's so short a distance in, in terms of time between the two episodes that we haven't actually got any news to cover. So what we'll do is we'll do a very quick loan watch roundup because there's not a huge amount to cover here. Um, first up, Max Kilsby hasn't played yet. He's going to be playing on Monday night. So if you listen to this on Monday, uh, Monday night, you can watch Alan Affleck v uh, Pollock in the second round of the Scottish Cup. I think it's on the BBC website. It might well be on BBC Scotland or something like that. If you want to see uh, Max potentially in action, he's been on the bench for a few games recently, so he might not start. But uh, plenty of uh, ex-Blues on, on show, weren't they? I think Josh Galloway's mm. there. It's, Steve Swinglehurst, um, Rowan Steele, a few of us like that. So, uh, so yeah, that, that might be one worth watching. Um, Lewis Bell, though, he did play in the Scottish Cup second round. They had a weekend off last week, uh, Gretna, but this weekend they were in action uh, in the Scottish uh, Cup second round. And uh, he got his third goal in 10 games for the mm-hmm. uh, the Anvils. Unfortunately, it was in a 4-1 defeat to Drumchapel United. Um, so they've gone out in the second round of the Scottish Cup, have Gretna. But, um, you know, looking at the, the bareface stats... Mike, he's doing all right, Gretner, isn't he? It's one of those ones where maybe you look at, because I think it's still January is his loan, isn't it? It's not a season-long mm. one. 
you may be getting back and say, right, let's get you out somewhere a little bit higher and test yourself there, possibly. Yeah, hopefully. Maybe somewhere like Anam, perhaps. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, Anam might be, might be a decent move, actually, possibly. Mm. Hopefully, maybe you can say to Murph, say, look, he's been doing well there. He's built up his strength. You know, he's, he's played some first-team football. Let's get him to yourselves and give you a hand. But uh, mind you, they might not need a winger. You never know. That's the thing. Mm. Um, Sam Fishburne, he, he made uh, another start for the Highwaymen, uh, Morpeth Town. Uh, in a one-one draw uh, with Atherton Collieries, um, we'll cover. We're not going to do the X Files section today because um, we, we'll do it on the the preview for the Tranmere away game. Basically, we'll pack it all into there. Any midweek stuff as well, you see. So uh, there'll be plenty covered there. But Liam Noble did actually score the goal. It was a free kick for um, for Morpeth in this game. So yeah, they continue to do quite well this season. And, and again. Good game time for the fish, isn't it? We discussed this on the way back in the car, then we did actually mention it on the Twitter space we did. But our feeling is that you might well start looking soon and think, well, we might have to get the fish back because we're struggling with strikers, aren't we? Yeah, although Simo sort of, he said something last season about he doesn't want to play young lads just because there's an injury crisis. He yeah. wants to play young lads who have earned the right to play yeah. regardless of an injury crisis. Is there an and... argument he's doing that with... with... Morpeth, he's played 10 games now, I'm sorry, nine games now, three goals, you know, he's doing all right there. Perhaps, but I think he might rate Bellardo a little bit higher than he rates Fishburne, I, think, I don't know. I think know. Bellardo's a different sort of player, he's not quite, yeah. Fishburne's more like a, a traditional target man almost, isn't he, mm. he's a striker, whereas Bellardo I think can play out wide a little bit as well, so that might be one reason why he's got him in there, possibly, there you go. Uh, Gay Breeze didn't appear for witness again, we're taking a presumption that that loan's been ended early basically, because they've signed a keeper and... He's not even been on the bench from that time, and there's, there's no point in being down there just to be a sub, is there, at the end of the mm. day. Uh, Lewis Boyd, though, uh, the YTS keeper, he made six appearance for Carlisle City, but they went down to a 4-2 home defeat to Tolar Town. So that wraps up the loan, watch this week. There's not a huge amount mm. to cover there, but uh, again, nice to see uh, Lewis Bell getting another goal, and, and hopefully that'll, that'll build his confidence up at the very least as well. Okay, Mike, well, we, we've, we've, you know, five minutes in, we've put it off enough now. Let's talk about Carl United 2, Leighton Orient 3. The match review section. We were fuming after this, weren't we? I think it's yeah. fair to say. I mean, generally, I don't like to blame referees for defeats. And to be fair to Simo, Simo didn't blame the referee for the defeat. He said, you know, we made some mistakes for the goals we conceded. Yeah. But the officiating. I mean, to be the re- worst referee that people have seen at Brunton Park this season takes some doing. Yeah. And he. I mean, him and the linesman certainly on the on the paddock side were just terrible. First really two were. goals cost us in this game, basically, didn't they? That's essentially yeah. what's happened. Basically, we've we've got two goals early on where we've we just totally switched off, haven't we? That's the problem for, mm. for the pair of them. It's it's so frustrating because we we generally we don't maybe start the games quickly in terms of attacking, but we're we're very you know solid early on in games generally. I found mm. so to do this early on was was such a shock and. That's what's cost us. But then what the ref has done is made it really difficult for us to get back in the game. That's the problem mm. with the way he's... he's and, and we'll get on to him in a minute, but the only decision he really got right for me, the big decision, was the red card. Mm. He was right yeah. to send Edmondson off. I don't think there's any arguments there. There's an argument that maybe Prattley should have at least got a booking for his part in it because he mm. was involved in it. He had Edmondson by... Whether he had them by the neck, I don't know. The problem is the club haven't put the red card onto the pitch side blues coverage which is a bit annoying really because I, I would have I suppose they have their reasons maybe but I would have liked to I don't think they want his band to be more than three games so. maybe maybe but it's one of those ones it, it probably would have showed us at the very least that Prattley probably should have got 
a booking maybe possibly even mm. sent off himself because he definitely if you watch the video he definitely has Edmondson and what Edmondson does is he shrugs him off the problem is he puts his hand too high and yeah. you can't do that as soon as you do that you are running the risk of getting yourself sent off I mean it's, mm. it's nothing combat. I don't know if you've seen this video I think I sent it to you to you Mike the um, the incident at Rill against Banger at the, this weekend yeah 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 what, I mean oh wow if, you, if, if none of you have seen this go and search it out it was Rill against Banger in the Welsh League and it, I think it ended up with seven red cards in total five for mm. Rill two for Banger it's a local derby that game basically but yeah there was a, a, a when I say a punch up I mean you see these fisticuffs at the end of the game mm. one lad throws about two or three punches, doesn't he? Genuine yeah, punches. I think the referee got punched at one point as I well. I think he, he don't, I felt sorry for that ref because he clearly couldn't, you know, we talk about, you know, losing control of the game, but the way they were behaving, you can't control that, that's the problem. But, uh, mm. but there you go. So yeah, um, a frustrating afternoon just because we played so well. That's the thing. It, 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 it yeah. was a weird feeling leaving the ground, wasn't it? You said this. There was a feeling of like, I'm not disappointed that we lost. I'm really proud of how we played. And actually, felt very encouraged leaving the ground. Yeah, I mean, often after a defeat, you feel deflated. And I still felt disappointed. But in that disappointment, there's almost like a like a, an anger. Uh, and I think with that, if the players are feeling that way, we can channel that into Stockport on Tuesday and, and yeah. get a good result. Yeah, that, that's the hope, isn't it? I mean, let, let's talk about the game itself now, and then we'll talk about some talking points. We've got a, uh, we've only got one 60-second review this week, and that's from Greg Bullman. I haven't listened to it yet. But Greg was fuming at full time, so he he recorded one at full time, sent it to me, wasn't happy with what he sent, so said, I'll record one tomorrow when I maybe calm down a little bit, and he sent us another one out, which I haven't listened to, so that'll be interesting to hear first time, but um, we might have to get the bleep machine out for it, I think, but let's talk about the game then. Um, Two changes from the win over Doncaster, obviously one of them enforced in Stretton, obviously, um, get any injury so Christian Dennis comes back in it's a fairly straightforward swap and then Jack Ellis a little bit unlucky to be dropped for Finn back but I mean the game Finn back had justified Simo's decision there didn't it yeah and I think to be honest back you know while he, he always has been playing well I think he saw some of Ellis's performances and thought I need to put a good game in here because yeah. this lad is putting in you know if, if I have a sloppy game I could be out of the team um, yeah. and yeah Finn is- Finback was was brilliant, yeah. Well, the, the thing is with back, he'll now know if he if he just gets a suspension or he gets an injury or something, he'll know. Right, getting back in the team might be tough next time because mm. Ellis has shown he can do a really good job there. So, mm. you know, fair play to Jack. He was on the bench, which I think was a nice touch from him actually. Rather than dropping him out of the match day squad, mm. it was actually Duncan Idahan that missed out. He he dropped out of the match day squad, and Ellis was the one of the defenders alongside Feeney. So that I thought that that was nice. I thought that was really. Smart man management from from Simo there. Um, oh, let's talk about the goals. And I haven't really written down much about the chances because there was chances, but there wasn't. I don't think either keeper had a huge amount of saves to make outside of the goals, did they? When you think about no. it, there wasn't really too many clear cut chances. Um, let's talk about the goals then. Uh, first up, Theo Archibald. I was just two minutes in. This is such a soft goal to concede, isn't it? Yeah, um, you know, you and me are both big fans of John Mellish, but I think he has to do a little bit better here, really. Uh, I think he could maybe come out a bit more, but there's a risk if he skips past him, he trips him or gives away a free kick early on. You don't really want to do that, do you? I think... Yeah. I think it's a combination. Mellish probably should get a bit tighter and a bit closer, but also I think the midfield, he got away from them far too easily as well. Moxon and Guy were a little bit found wanting on that occasion, I think. 
Yeah, I think so. Um, and I think it was a tough one for Holy as well because when the ball's coming through a little crowd of bodies like that, you don't know if it's going to take a deflection or what's going to happen. It was very well hit. We were right yeah. behind it when we saw it going all the way. And there's maybe an argument that Thomas should have done a little bit better on that, maybe. Maybe could have got to it. But it was hit really well. It was bouncing all the way as well. It was a really difficult one. I mean, he was a quality player. For the first half, he was excellent for Archibald. For the yeah. I'd say, second half, he was anonymous. He barely had a kick mm. second half, and that's a bit of a credit to the way we played. But, um, but yeah, so frustrating to see that goal early on. He was shot from 20 yards. Um, but then we responded well. You know, we, you know, we didn't get too down hard. We, we went back at them. Um, got ourselves a corner. Now, there's some debate whether, about whether it was a corner. I think still think it was. I watched the video. I think he heads it onto the back of... The guy in front of him, Finn Back. I don't it's know what you're fifty really, wasn't it? It's a, I mean, it's one of those ones the ref could have given it either way. I don't think either team could grumble too much mm. about it. Um, but yeah, lovely ball in from Callum Guy. And when you watch it back, Edmonton does really well to find himself in space, doesn't he? He sh- mm. shrugs off his marker easily, heads the ball into the ground and beyond the despairing dive of uh, Lawrence Vigoru in the um, Orient goal. And at that point, you're thinking, yes, that's what you want. Quick response, mm. get them on the back foot for Orient. And then Theo Archibald's second goal. I mean, we talk about a soft goal to concede. In a sense, it's a sort of, it's a brilliant goal, but in a sense, it is so soft and it it it's so frustrating because mm. Holy rolls the ball out to Mellish. There's an argument: does he need to roll out to Mellish there? Can he not slow it down? I mean, we could see how quickly Archibald just started the game at that point. I think he'd had another mm. shot as well before that. And you think to yourself, don't give it to a player who's near field, near field Archibald. Just mm. don't. Give it, give yeah. it to Wheeling if you have to go down mm. that way. Gave it to Mellish. He takes one touch and he slips. And you know what? That can happen to anyone. That's mm. not something like, oh, you can get too angry with them. Players slip. It happens. It just happens that he slipped right in front of a player who's banging form. And mm. the finish over Holy is... I mean, I heard some people say, oh, you know, Holy, big lad. How is he getting lobbed from there? It's a brilliant finish. Mm. It couldn't. He could not have placed it any better. And, and Holy's... And not be funny, even when Holy rolls out, doesn't mean you have to go get right back on your line. Yeah, that'd be poor goalkeeper if he did because he's got to be ready to react to that. He can't anticipate that. Exactly. I mean, you, you know, if Mellish didn't slip and Mellish had decided that he wanted to pass it back to Holy because he was under pressure yeah. and Holy's on his goal line, yeah, you know, one of their strikers could have nipped in in front of him yeah. and scored anyway. So yeah, just, just, just you just got to put your hands up there and say what a brilliant finish. And I'm sure Thomas isn't annoyed being lobbed, especially because he is such a big lad. But I'm sure he also look back and go, you know what? He put it pretty much in the top corner with that chip. Yeah. Absolutely perfect finish. So fair play to the lad. Um, and then we obviously... Well, let's talk about... Should we, should we talk about the red card before we talk about the second half goals? Yeah. Because what leads up to it is a hand, There should have been a handball, basically. A corner's yeah. clear back out to Callum Guy. He comes to him and he plays a low ball in. And now, if the lad doesn't touch it with his hand, I think that ball's coming through to John Millis potentially to score. Mm-hmm. So his hand's out by his side. It's not like right by his side. It's it's sticking out. It hits his hand. It's a penalty, surely. Mm. And the ref doesn't give it. And I'm genuinely... And from that, their keeper get, claims the ball, sends it forward, and as the players are coming out, Prattley grabs... Undoubtedly, I think I think at first, Edmonton bumps into him. Prattley grabs him by the sort of scruff of his neck, almost. I mean, there was a lot of grabbing going on. It was... As it was anyway. I think if, if Edmondson's arm isn't as high as it is, if he basically mm. shrugs him off at chest he- height, 
I think at that point, the ref maybe just gives the pair of them a booking and says, just get on with it. But because mm. it's so high, I don't think he has any choice and we can't grumble about it. It's a red mm. card at the end of the day. It's silly from Edmondson and it's really annoying because he was actually having a really good game. He was winning most of the balls forward in the air up against, you know, Beckles. And yeah, Thompson, and I think that was a key box. part of our game plan and we lost that when he went off. Yeah, absolutely. We, we lost the ability to pin them further forward, you know, and win those headers on and get back and, and uh, armour up the pitch as well to win on, you know, get on the end of the flick-ons and get the balls into the box. So it was so frustrating. It's a really stupid one. Um, uh, you know what? We noticed this when he walked off the pitch. Richie Wellens went over to shake his hand and I thought, you know what? You know what you're doing there, Paul. He, yeah. He, he was, I mean, he was being an absolute bellend for the whole game and I'll have to yeah. call him that. I don't, couldn't care less. He, he's he's a, he's a nasty piece of work, quite frankly. Mm. I'm, I'm not a big fan. Of it. We'll talk about the incidents at the end of the game later. But but yeah, so frustrating to get, give that away. And then obviously you go. The, the, the most annoying thing is you got another. What, at the end of the day, we had about 20 minutes left after that, didn't we? Because it was added on time. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I get full credit to Prattley as well. I mean, we should definitely get the. I think you mentioned, didn't we? We should get the Orient physio in to work with our players because the recovery Pat Prattley made from that vicious yeah, assault was incredible, wasn't it? You could have a look at my back as well while he's there. But yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. just. Uh, I mean, Prattley's a Prattley's a, Prattley's a wily old fox, isn't he? He's a, he's a player who's been on for what, 37, 38 now. He, he knows the game. He's not stupid. Yeah. He, he's played Edmonton there. And that's where Edmonton's got to learn. Don't react yeah. to something like that. Don't shrug the lad off like that. Don't put your hands up that high. Let mm. him be the one who drags you or whatever, and then he's exactly. the one who gets in trouble. So, Or, you know, just just have a quiet word with the ref and say, look, ref, on that he, corner, he, he was this. absolutely all over me. So, yeah. uh, you know, I'm not saying do anything now, but next corner, just keep yeah. an eye out for it. Just watch him. Just watch him, yeah. So that's where he's got to be a little bit smarter. That's where someone like Dennis doesn't get caught out with someone like because he's not stupid enough to get involved in it. Yeah, he's, he's a bit older, a bit wiser. Mm. So there you go. Uh, into this, I mean, like I said, the next twenty minutes, we were the better side with ten men. Mm. We we dominated a lot of the play towards the end of the second half, and we, you know we we could have easily got into the break level again, but didn't quite work out. Getting at half time and start the second half, I thought we were a little bit slow out of the box. I think Orient maybe realised they needed to be a bit bit stronger. It was fairly even, and then comes Orient's third goal. We've we've got to talk about this in detail because. It's um, inc- inc- one of the worst refereeing decision goals that I've sorry. ever seen. Probably the worst, actually. Yeah. Worst. Everyone's I've either been there at, at the game or they've they've watched it on the video. So let, let's sort of talk through it. So it's sort of a ball's headed forward by Beckles, and then one of the Orient players tries to flick it on towards Drinnen. Now Drinnen is coming back from miles offside. I mean, miles. I mean, like ten yards offside. He's he, not in the shot on the video footage. No, he's that when, far offside. When the ball was first played, he's not. Yeah, so he's at least ten yards when the ball's first played. So the ball's coming through to him, and Corey Whelan's going to intercept because he's like panicking. Me, I need to stop this getting through. But Hunton's puts his hand up, saying, "He's offside. You don't need to touch it." So Whelan's only going for the ball because he thinks it might get to 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 Drinnen, mm. and he pulls out of it. And then Drinnen's like, "Thank you very much. I'll take this." He doesn't even wait to see whether the ball's touching him. He's like, I'm going. Lino doesn't put his flag up. And how he... I'm surely the Lino's seen him coming back there and saying, I've got to flag here. Yeah. He's basically just missed it. He's just completely... Apparently, someone pointed this out to us, the Lino didn't give a single offside in that game. Apparently, neither one did. That, which is crazy. Is that true? Yeah, that well, point? apparently... I mean, I can't, I can't think of any... Um, I'm going to have to check this now, yeah. right? Because we've got the who scores stats up somewhere here. So I'm going to have a quick look at them while we're talking here. But but yeah, so 
he doesn't give it. Drinnen gets away, and Huntington's in a position then where he's looking and thinking, I can't bring this lad down here, because if I bring him down, you know, because I'm struggling, because yeah, he's, he's a lot younger and a bit pacey than mm. Huntington. He did well to keep up with him, to be fair. Mm. He's, he's like, oh, you know, if he brings him down, he's thinking, well, I'm, I'm getting sent off here, basically, and we're down to nine men, and then we've got no chance. Mm. So he just, he leaves it, mm. like, let him, him go off, and he scores the goal. Then they're like, argue toss with him. What Simo revealed after the game was apparently the fourth official, who was standing pretty much next to Simo, told the officials, because they were afterwards, they were thinking, like, did he touch that wheel? And did he touch that? Because if he did, we're going to give this. Mm. And the fourth official said, yes, he did touch it. Which mm. we can now see from the highlights footage and from the pitch side blues that the club put out, he did not touch the ball. No. Even if he did, that's not a deliberate pass in that direction. It isn't. He's tried to put a tackle in and it might have clipped his heels slightly. That does not count as an, a new phase of play. It doesn't. Mm. It just exactly. doesn't under the rules. So, I'm... I, but I just, but as well, happen. that fourth official, he was only fourth official because he was demoted from being a ref because he missed an absolute horror of a red card in another game. Yes, well, we we, we found that, didn't we? I, I sent yeah. the thing for it. Now, he was... Yeah, basically. He, <clears throat> uh, it's... I'm trying to keep calm on this one. It's very difficult. I can't find the stats for, for um, in terms of offsides. I'm trying to see if there is anyone I can find out. Uh, can orient match that's it. I'm trying to do this on the fly here. Uh, anyway, yeah. So, so basically, as a result, they get the third goal, and then it, we've got a mountain to climb at that point, haven't we? That's the problem. So it's yeah. Um, yeah, it was one of those ones where at that point you're like, you know what? I'm, it's good. This is going to be really tough. But you know. 100% credit to the team, though. The way they came yeah. back was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. And and the fans as well. I think the fans were absolutely brilliant. And there's some games over the years where even if we've been playing all right, if we've been losing, the fans just get a bit like, oh, boo, you know, this is crap. But the fans were really, really getting behind the team and trying all we could. And, you know, it wasn't to be. But if the players put in that effort, we're going to win 99 games out of 100, you know. Yeah, 100%. We, d- we definitely will. It's, uh, yeah, I can't find the um, mm. the, the offside stats. I'm trying to find them there, but there you go. Yeah, it, it's... We, we got sent a video in a, in a group chat that we're in, didn't we, of someone who filmed it from where the Toby Carvery is, down the far end of White Road near mm. the Tesco mm. during the game. And you can hear the crowd so loud, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. It shows exactly. you how behind the team they were, really, mm. weren't they? So... So yeah, frustrating that that goal was given, and it, it, it's annoying that on the ITV highlights they described it as a defensive error. I mean, it, it, he's miles offside. Surely you can see that when you're looking at the footage. It's exactly, stupid, absolutely. Yeah, stupid. I, I, so, and to be fair, Leighton Orient fans on Twitter uh, have been saying we got away with that. That was a terrible yeah, decision. Definitely, definitely. You know, but yeah. Six minutes later, we did actually get ourselves back into the game. We, we kept going mm. forward. Finn back did brilliantly to win the ball in the Orient half. Played it to Mellish, and he played his part. To be fair, and get this, he. he Laid off a back perfectly down the wing. Puts the ball across that Dennis can't quite get to, but it falls nicely for Gibson. And give him credit because a lot of the times this season, he's snatched at chances, hasn't he? He's basically took mm. them in too quickly. He he set himself, he took his time and first time played the ball nicely past Vigoru, who dived the opposite way. And we're back in the game at that point. And we, um, fair play, we we dominated the chances really for the rest of the game. I don't think Holy really had another save to make when I think of it off the top of my head. No, yeah, I figured they had three. Well, they had four shots on target in the game, mm. Orient. So I mean, they, they might have had some long range one that went over, but 
I never felt like we were going to concede again in that match. That's the thing. Mm. I felt if, we're, if there's going to be another goal, it'll be us. And we pushed forward. We had a few chances. I mean, Prattley should have been booked for pushing over Mellish near the edge of the box that gave us a free kick as well. Wasn't yeah, it? well, Vigaru should have been booked in the first half for time-wasting. He was booked in the, was it the 93rd minute for it? Yeah, yeah. Which, at the same time, you can't blame him for still time-wasting no, in the 93rd no. minute. No, don't, don't if he'd him. had a booking in the first half, he wouldn't be doing that. Yeah, that's what the thing. The ref could have said then at that point, right, you know, if he tried it again, said he blows whistle, say, no more, that's it, or you're going off. And he's the kind of ref he would send a player off for that, probably. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it was just so frustrating, wasn't it? And Callum Guy had a free kick that went over the bar. There was a couple of sort of close chances. I mean, Gibson wasted one late on where he, he should really mm. have played the ball in the box instead of having a shot. It was pretty annoying, that. But, um, but yeah, Orient held on. And, 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 you know, I heard a few people leaving the ground saying, yeah, if Orient were rubbish. They weren't rubbish. They were very effective. They didn't have a great game, but they've got clear quality in their team in someone like Archibald and Beckles at the back, obviously, and Moncourt in midfield. So Yeah, I think, I, I mean, there. in recent years, we've played top teams in this league yeah. and been like, wow, they're a good team. Yeah. And we weren't getting that with Orient. We no. We were the better team with ten men, and it—you yeah. it, know—if anything, it gives us a feeling. Well, if we can play like that against the so-called best team team in the league with ten men, against so-called lesser teams when we have eleven men, yeah. you know, we've got nothing to fear whatsoever. It, it showed out, you know, how important what Simmer made, you know, a real focus point in preseason was our fitness, wasn't it? And how important yeah. that has become because we we looked so fit, we didn't mm. look tired. If you were watching that as a neutral, you would, yeah, you just arrived watching maybe the last half an hour, and no one told you that Carlo were down to ten men. You wouldn't have guessed it. No. You maybe would have guessed it slightly up front because we were a little bit short up top, mm. weren't we? Mm. But bar that, you would have thought that, you know this team's on top here. You know, they, but they the, the sending off just it. killed the game as well. Like if you were a neutral before the Edmondson sending off, it was such an ent- entertaining game. Yeah. And the red card just killed the entertainment from the game, really. And it just sort of meant that they were just sort of holding on a bit and we were desperately yeah. Yeah. clutching to get something together. We weren't stringing together as nice yeah. to watch moves as we were I mean, when we had 11 men. Yeah. I mean, come the end of the season, if they go up, they'll look back at that game and think that was a massive result for them because they dug yeah. in and got the result and we, you, they, they knew they were in a game. They definitely mm. did. But there you go. Uh, right, well, let, let's have a, a six-second review then. Uh, let, let's, let's see what Greg had to say about this one. He was not a happy bunny on Saturday. How was he feeling uh, earlier today on Sunday uh, by the time he sent me this? Morning, Lee. I'm not in as much of a ranty mode now. Um, mistakes aside, at the beginning of the game, I thought we played really, really well yesterday. We showed a real togetherness. Um, a willingness to fight and get stuck in yesterday. Um, I thought we were better than Leighton Orient over the 90 minutes. Um, just those those two mistakes um, for the first two goals. Um, I thought we looked fitter than them. I thought we looked stronger than them. I thought technically we looked better than them. The, for a team that's top of the league now, um, I think if we can get on a run, we're more than capable of catching them. Um, you can't go on about yesterday without discussing the referee's performance. He was he was abysmal. He had no control over the game. He was consistently inconsistent. He got the big decisions all wrong yesterday. Um, one of the worst refereeing performances that I've ever seen. And um, after nine minutes, um, I think I said yesterday, it's, he's the worst we've had this season and it just got worse and worse and worse. Um, as for the coin throw-in, 
Um, yeah, it's not it's not good. It's not clever, but neither is Gordon. Um, so um, if if the if we get punished, um, Wellens needs punished as well. So uh, up the blues. You touched on the coin for there. We'll go into that in a minute. I, I wouldn't disagree with pretty much all Greg said, except for the one exception thing that I would say he did get one big decision right, which was to send off Edmonds, and that's yeah. the only thing I'd say. But yeah. you could argue that if, if he got the penalty, Edmonds, right, it wouldn't have happened. Well, yeah, uh, there's that. But you could argue that maybe if it have collared Prattley before yeah. Edmondson reacted, you know, but or, or Edmondson if, shouldn't have reacted that way. End yeah. of story. Or if you've been watching it closely, you should have booked Prattley as well. What Prattley did was worth yeah. a booking. What Edmondson did was worth a red card. That that's yeah. our thoughts. So we're we're trying to be fair here. You know, we're not saying you know he got every single thing right wrong. But near enough. <laughs> That's what mm. we're saying, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, before we start talking about the players, let's talk about the coin for instance. Now, the Barrow fans are certainly enjoying this on Twitter, but I mean, they can say what the hell they want. I couldn't care less, you know. Mm. You know, there's a big difference between some, one person chucking a coin and someone throwing a bloody firework onto the pitch, mm. for God's sake, um, during the game as well. Uh, we stand behind the away dugout, don't we, at Brunton Park? Um, on pretty much the back row as well. Yeah. So we've got, we can see all the way down. Yeah. I didn't see a coin thrown. I'm not saying one wasn't. I'm sure. I'm sure the CCTV will show one up if they do. One, a coin did land on the floor, which he picked up and and made up. And he had, he walked to Faderson to pick it up, so it wasn't thrown at him. I can tell you that much. He walked a good distance, picked it up, made a big show of picking up and putting it in his pocket, like saying thanks very much for the money. Not as if he was angry about the throwing thing. He was just being a, an arse, basically. Um. Yeah, they got some sticks during the game, but they, they were they were the way they were acting up during the game. You're going to get a stick if you know the, the way yeah. they behave. And you know, he, he spent half his time outside the technical area. You know, he, he was acting the prat. He was, you know, looked wanted to shake Edmonton's hand as well. I mean, stuff like that's just pathetic. Yeah. Um, and and do you, do you know what? Leighton Orient have never been that kind of club. No, I, really? I, I have no, I have no problem with Leighton Orient the club. I've yeah. No, and to be honest, I've got no problem with pretty much all the players there, you know. I mean, mm. what Prattley did, I don't have a massive problem with because it's it's part of the game. You've got to be smarter. That's why Edmonton has to be smarter in that situation. Mm. No problem with him at all. No problem with the keeper of time. Well, like every keeper does it. It just, it just needs the ref to clamp down and that's the problem. Yeah. My problem is the behaviour of that bench. I mean, you know, the big ginger lad, Harold, on the bench as well, he was pro- arguably probably worse than, than Wellens in his behaviour mm. during the game. He was proper goad in the... The fans behind the dugout—they were getting stick, but there was. The, tell you what, we can hear pretty much everything on there, and there was nothing that bad said to them. Let me tell you that. No, no, no. Um, and, uh, and Graham Wesley received far, far, yeah, far worse. Yeah. Steve Evans has received worse in recent seasons, yeah. and he takes. And you know what? You know he, he takes a lot of stick, but he takes it on the chin, doesn't he? He's like he's mm. part of Barcelona game. Well, one of his chins. Yeah, very good. Um, but yeah, he, Wellens were just acting the, the absolute prat for most of the game. You know he. His behaviour was embarrassing at times. As, as as well, his comments were that he was having coins thrown at him for ninety minutes. He was now. He was not. I mean, you and me, neither of us saw any of it. A few other people have said that they didn't see anything either. If it did happen, it would have been one person. That's the only way that yeah. I can logically think of, that that no one could see it. And you know, if that person did it, yeah, they should be banned. Absolutely. But CCTV will pick it up if it's there. Yeah, Let me say that. but you know what? Like I said, I don't. I'm not saying they deserve to have coins for them. I'm not not in the slightest, and it, it, it's it's embarrassing if someone has done that. But the way they behave was 
Pathetic. And his comment, it's interesting, his comments on, on the first clip I saw on Orient's Twitter were quite positive, saying, well, you know, the crowd really got behind him and stuff, and a little bit patronising, saying, you know, it's like a low-league low FA Cup tie something. I was like, sod off, just because we have fans that actually get behind the team. Mm. You know, if, you're, if, you're, if you're not getting that your ground, complain about it down there. But, but he, he made some comments a few years ago, and I desperately tried Googling to find these comments mm. last night, and I couldn't find them anywhere. But it was after we played Swindon when he was manager there, and uh, he was getting some stick that day because his shoes were just absolutely dreadful. And, um, but he said something after the game, like, uh, oh, the league needs to clamp on about the hostile atmosphere that there is at Carla. And mm. I couldn't find these comments anywhere, but he definitely like said something about that like a few years ago. Yeah, I'll have to try and dig them out, possibly. Mm. Um, I found one from when he had a 2-0 defeat, but he's... Uh... Yeah, I can't see anything in there saying about uh, it was unfortunate. I'm sure it'll be there somewhere. But um, mm. yeah, he's a good manager. I can't deny that he's done a great job there. But yeah, like I said, he's he's, he's a dick. <laughs> I'm mm. not gonna, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He's not a mm. particularly nice person. Would I be happy if he was manager of us? Probably not. To be honest, I think I'd rather have someone like Summer there and you know, yeah. a bit more calm and measured with what he says and stuff like that. So um, so yeah, it's 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 one of those ones, isn't it? Not not happy if someone's done that, but at the same time. You know, he maybe needs to take a little bit of a look in the mirror at his behaviour with him and his coaching stuff as well. I think it's fair yeah, to say. Yeah, de- definitely. I mean, with regards to the ref, I mean, you've got here, where do you even start? I mean, for me, there was a foul on Finn back yes, very, early, yeah. very early in the game. And sometimes sort of there's borderline fouls and I'll look over to the ref to see, will he blow for it kind of thing? And I didn't even look at the ref because it was that obvious. And to be honest, the Leighton Orient players stopped playing. Yeah, that's uh, the thing. I watched the video back and I thought, they've gone, oh, it's a foul. I'll give him away soft foul. I'll get, get him. And they were like, oh, oh shit, he's not given this. Yeah. Oh, get on with it now then. Yeah. It, it, it was ridiculous. Because my first thought was, if he's not going to give the foul, why is he not booking for diving? Yeah, exactly. He went right down, and it's like straight mm. away. If he, if, if he, you know, if he, if he decided to dive, fine, do it. You know, make that decision early mm. on. Set a, set a standard there. But he didn't, and he missed so much. And it's interesting that uh, we, we found afterwards a tweet from Ipswich fans because he refereed their trophy game, I think it was, against Cambridge the other night. Mm. And he booked a player. He gave a, a player a second booking after 19 minutes for simulation, for diving in the box. And you watch it back, he gets tackled. Mm. It's not a dive in a million years. It's an appalling no. decision. And his reward for that is to get referee our game. I'm not being funny. He should not be refereeing a game next Saturday. Mm. He probably is down already to do one in midweek. Fine. Yeah, that's mm. already done. But he should not be rewarded with another game next weekend. No. In fact, it really should be refereeing at national level for a little bit to get himself back up to, to any sort of standard. Mm. I mean, like I said, 10 games, three red cards. Mm. Exactly. Big questions about what, whether he's actually up to being a football league referee. I don't think he is. I think he was dreadful. And, and not be funny, but I've not heard a crowd boo a referee so much in such a long time. Yeah. I, surely he's walking off that pitch and thinking to himself, I've had a bad game here. Mm. I'm getting so much stick. Like, yeah, you occasionally get them off where they get booed a little bit, but nothing like that. That was no. it. It was so loud, and like you said, the crowd were fantastic. They really got behind the team, and it was you know you could always tell it's a good atmosphere, and a good game, and the the main stand in the paddock are getting the the songs going, can't you? That, yeah. That's when you really realise it's you know this this is a good atmosphere here. And, but as well, I mean, at full time, we've won games and less people have stayed behind, yeah, like to yeah. see the players go down the tunnel, like. I mean, it's Most partly of the because crowd he wanted to stand behind. Partly because he wanted to give the ref and their players a bit of. Stuff I mean, that's true, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, 
yeah. yeah. And that, well, I say they're players, they're coaching staff as much as anything, but there you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about maybe some of the player performances in a sec, but um, overall, I said this, I think it was Lummy actually said it on Radio Coming, I think it needs to be shouted about a bit more. This kind of reminds you of that game in the season where we won the League 2 title, where we lost that game against Wickham. And we played mm. so well in that game, and we we just lost it that late goal. But no one was disappointed. Everyone's like, "That's a good performance." If you're going to mm. lose, there's a way to lose, and that's the way to do it. Mm. Leaving everything on the table, take the positives from that, move on, and we can get a good result on Tuesday. It's going to be tough with the injuries and and now a suspension to Edmonton, but we can at least yeah. get a point. That's got to be aiming to get a point from that game, surely. Definitely. I mean, it, to be honest, it wouldn't surprise me if there's another couple of names added to the injury list who maybe took, you know, studs to the knee at some point and have swollen up a little well, bit. Well, that's an interesting one, actually. Another one I noticed on, there was a video someone put up of all the bad mistakes the referee made, and there was a lot. They couldn't even fit them all in because Twitter mm. has a limit of two minutes, 20 seconds. The one where Jack Armour gets done for tripping their lad on the edge of the box when he doesn't trip him. It, it was a pathetic dive. Just before that, Mellish was fouled. He's played on it. Their lad tr- trods on his ankle. Yeah. Watch it back. He stands and on Mellish his ankle. And Mellish never stays down, ever. No. It, it was, that was really poor from the ref mm. to miss that as well. But but there you go. I think we've talked about him enough. We could go on. We could do a whole episode about him and how bad he was. But um, yeah. I'm sure he'll be refereeing at Football League level again next week because mm. they'll never do anything about it. But there you go. Um yeah, some individual player performances. I want to give a little shout out to Jaden Harris who came on because I had a few people yes. been moaning a bit when he came on, like, "Oh, he's not don't want to, he's no, no bloody good this lad, whatever." Anything. I thought he had a really good game. I thought yeah, he got about really the big. It was a game that suited him because it was very much a battle, mm. and he won the ball in some really good areas, didn't he? Yeah, he did, and he's he's got good technical ability with that mm. good physical ability yeah. as well. Um, yeah, it's a shame that Moxon had to come off, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, Harris certainly did a good job. He's going to take a bit of time to refine. We've said this a few times. He's, he's got a three-year contract for a reason because we know he, he's a bit more of a project. He's going to take a little while to get him to shape him into be a midfield. Because someone did say this, didn't they? They don't know what kind of player he is. Mm. They can't work it out. But is he an attacking midfielder? Is he a defensive? He's more box to box. He's got good attributes for all those positions. It's 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 working out what he's best at, and also maybe getting his decision making to be a bit better. Because at the moment, that's not quite up to scratch on occasion. Sometimes he mm. makes poor decisions with passes and things like that, and sometimes goes in for rash tackles. But he's got all the physical ability you could want. Second half, he was one who was really helping drivers forward. He was winning the ball deep in their half and and linking up quite well with back actually and Gibson to be fair on the right. So mm. there's a really good player there, and I, I, I genuinely think he. he Give him time; he'll make a good difference. You know, he'll probably be back on the bench on Tuesday because Moxon, we expect, is going to be back. It's just stitches. To well, you out. say that though, but given our choice of strikers, it wouldn't surprise me if we almost went like six in midfield and played sort of a striker in behind Dennis. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's a fair point. That maybe, maybe you stick Harris into there and play Gibson just off Dennis. Mm. Maybe and let him let him be like a number ten who's got a bit of a free role to roam about on either wing. To back up the wing backs or get into the middle for chances. That might be the only option, to be honest, because we've just got no one fit. And the moment, and Toby, bless him, it was lovely to see Toby back on the pitch. It really was. But you can tell he's not, that, that's his first minute, isn't he? He's not even had a reserve yeah. game to play. We've had to bring him in, and he put himself about. He did okay, but he never looked like he was quite up to speed. And that's not his fault in the slightest. No. He's going to have to basically do what Huntington did and build his fitness up in, in a mm. match environment instead mm. of having the chance to do it in reserve games, which, you know, not ideal, but I'm sure he'll 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 endeavour to do as well as he can. Um 
Callum Guy got man of the match at the game. I think we, we've sort of an agreement with maybe Finn Back. We'll talk about Finn Back in a sec, but mm. I thought Callum had a great game. One of his best games for quite a while as well. I and mean, he's had some really good games recently. Yeah, I mean, I feel, I feel our game plan a little bit was to punish them out wide a little bit. Yeah. That was certainly our initial game plan. Um, and one thing Callum Guy was really good at is in this system, the wing-backs can often find themselves in acres of space. And Guy was constantly just picking out sort of 30-yard passes uh, to both armour and back in acres of space. And they were pretty much all absolutely spot on. Yeah, yeah, he made a big difference. He was spraying the ball, but he was making his tick, wasn't he, in the second half? And and he had a very tough task, didn't he, in that midfield when you think about it? Because like I said, Harris was all about the pitch. He was getting up and down. Mm. Guy was almost sometimes playing as the only sort of central midfielder, but he played it so well. He really did. He, I mean, Mellish did push into midfield second half. That helped as well. But um, but yeah, there you go. Um, we mentioned there, Finn back. Another great game for him, coming back from his injury. He getting up and down the pitch, got his assist yeah. as well. Setting yeah. up... Um, Setting up uh, Gibson for his goal. Um, yeah, he's he's got a bright future at him, hasn't he? That lad. Yeah, he's got a, a a knack as well, where sort of he gets into tackles and sort of I don't want to say fifty fifty tackles, but when both players are sort of going in for the same tackle and the ball can ricochet everywhere, it ricochets in his favour a hell of a yeah. lot more. And yeah. I think that is a, a sort of skill in itself. I think it's his like yeah. low centre of gravity, and he's just really determined to get the ball out. Yeah. More 100%. so than than his opponent. 100%, yeah. Like I said, keeping fit is a key thing for me, as as well as Ellis did when he was in the team. I think Bucks got just a little bit more going forward at the moment. So mm. there you go. Um, before we move on to do a quick League 2 roundup, um, I, I want to give a little shout-out to Huntington as well, actually. Because despite the fact that we conceded three goals, I thought he had another brilliant game. Bear in mind, their lad Drinnen up front, he's, he's, a tall, he's, he's got a little bit of pace on him, but he's a tall lad. I don't think Drinnen won a single header all game. I thought him and Whelan judged the aerial ball forward really, really well, actually. Yeah, I mean, Huntington does every week, doesn't he? You know, yeah. he, he wins most of his headers, um, and that's what you see is what you get with him. And and, he, and actually, you know, you mentioned Guy about spraying those balls about. Huntington was doing similar. Some of them were a little bit over hit, but he was, mm. he's got a bit, I think it's maybe goes a bit unnoticed. He's got a bit of ability on the ball, hasn't he, really? You know, he can, yeah. he can play the ball out a bit as well, so... Yeah, fantastic game from him. Um, I, th- I think they all had great games, to be fair. And mm. One of those days, you know, on another day, you get that equaliser and, and, and you go away and you think that is one of the you know the points of the season. It wasn't to be, but let's not get downhearted. Let's be let's try and be positive for the Stockport game, which we'll Definitely. talk about. I mean, I think if there was an equaliser, the ground would have just gone absolutely crazy. Yeah. Like I mean, it would have been... We did hear reports of um, when when Edmondson equalised, some poor lad apparently dislocated his knee in the Warwick. Yeah. yeah hopefully it wasn't that bad, but it, it, it sounded like it. There was quite uh, some scenes when the fans were celebrating. So, mm. young lads, you know, you're enjoying yourselves in the Warwick and keep it up, but be, be careful, please. Pick up anyone who falls over, God. Um, right, let's do a little quick lead to round up then, Mike. Um, I've I've not put this in the running order, so I'm, I'm, I don't know if you've got the results up there yourself. Yeah. But, um, Let's have a quick look through them. Obviously, we, we lost 3 2. I mean, looking for the Crawley Town. That's mm. a hell of a result for them. Beating uh, Mansfield Town 3 2. Uh, yeah. I think there was a couple of goals from Ashley Nelson in that game, wasn't there, as well? So that'll be getting yeah, in the well, X-Files. Yeah, well, the, the, uh, I think all their goals. Oh, yeah, Nelson scored at the start of the uh, second half. But yeah, pretty much all the goals were in the first 46 minutes. But Yeah, yeah. yeah. So brilliant result for them because, you know, Mansfield are one of the best teams in the division this season. No doubt mm. about that. Um, 
We're looking down through there. Tramir Rovers' run of clean sheets comes to an end. They drew 1-1 at Harrogate. Bit of a surprise, that one, really. Maybe Harrogate mm. getting a, a draw there. And then Grimsby actually getting a draw against Bradford. That was two teams flying high, but a bit of a stalemate. Um, quite a lot of draws, actually, looking down through the table. I mean, Yeah, well, so, Salford nil, Stockport 2 is one that stands out as well. Well, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll see. We'll talk about Stockport in a minute, yeah. but that's a great result for Stockport. And what... Mm. You could class as a derby, maybe. I'm sure Stockport mm. won't want to class it as a derby <laughs> these days, but but it is what it is, I suppose. Um, I, I think that the clash of the day, though, other than our game, was probably uh, because there was a few free twos, well, wasn't it? it? Was Stevenage two, Northampton three? So Stevenage's run of home wins comes to an end, doesn't it? With mm. that result, um, some apparently unsavoury scenes after the game. There possibly sounds like Northampton players celebrating in the home dressing room afterwards, or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what the reports were. So Steve Evans wasn't... Steve Evans, in the interviews, and in all the, the chat I've heard about this game, comes across as the calm, reasoning voice, which is <laughs> quite a shock, really. He got booked, apparently, for something mm. he said, so he probably wasn't that calm, reasoning, but mm. he was a bit like, you know, their behaviour was unacceptable. I thinking, eh, oh, Steve, maybe, you know, sometimes you bite off a bit more than you can chew, don't you? So there you go. Yeah, I'm, ju- I'm just having a look now. And so it was one all, and then Northampton scored mm. to make it 2-1 on the 82nd. And then Stevenage scored to make... Like what they thought was the equaliser in the 85th, yeah. but then Northampton scored the winner in the 87th. So it just seemed like a chaotic last 10 minutes, and then obviously Danny Hilton got sent off on injury time. So yeah, and that was their first win in um, in three games as well. So four mm. games for uh, Northampton Town. So big result for them, and they were helped mm. by the fact that Mansfield lost, which means that there's now a four point gap from Northampton to Mansfield. Although Mansfield do have a game in hand like we do. I mean, if we were to win our game in hand, we'd go to 27. So we'd only be three points behind Northampton if we beat Harrogate mm. in our game in hand. Mm. Obviously, there's a couple of games before then as well that you know things could go wrong in, but there you mm. go. So yeah, Leighton are at the top of the table with 33 points and they've got a game in hand on Stevenage and Northampton. I, I still think they're going to be right up there at the end of the season. Whether they finish top or not, I don't know, but I wouldn't be amazed mm. if they were top three. I know people said, like I said, didn't think they were that impressed by them, but I think that they've got a bit of quality there. So there you go. Down near the bottom, uh, it just gets worse and worse for Harleyville, doesn't it, really? A mm. Third loss in a row. Uh, Colchester getting dragged into there as well now. I know they've got a game in hand, but not looking great for them. No, and Rochdale lost again, didn't they? But, yeah, yeah, well, I mean, Rochdale's last six games, they've won three, lost three. Yeah. If they kept that for the rest of the season, I think they'd probably be just about safe, wouldn't they, really? Yeah. You know, you're looking at one and a half points a game. I think that that would probably be enough for them. So mm. they're probably not too disheartened. I mean, losing to Wimbledon is probably the disappointing thing because they're right mm. up there with them, aren't they? So, so there you go. Mm. Um, right, well, that's the first half of the show done then, Mike. Uh, we'll be back in just a second uh, to do the um, the preview of the Stockport game. Hi, I'm Thomas Holy, and you are listening to Brunton Bjorger. Big Thomas. Not a great weekend for him, but he, I'm sure he'll bounce back for this game, hopefully. Someday. He looks absolutely distraught at full-time as oh, well. Bless he him. hates conceding goals, doesn't he? We've we yeah. learned that from the interview. He's a very angry man about conceding goals, but mm. there you go. Well, well, have you heard that Manuel Neuer, he like cannot watch like the German equivalent of match of the day? Like yeah. he, he physically hates watching goals get scored. Like He wow. can't stand it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, right, well, let's, let's get on to the uh, preview section then, Mike. We've got no quiz questions. We haven't had time to sort anything out like, out like that, so we're just going to through this um so first up uh we've got the behind enemy lines section and uh this week we spoke to russ from the the scarf bagara war uh podcast um yeah so russ it was good i had a good little chat with russ did one for his podcast as well so that'll be coming out in the next couple of days um we talked about the fact that they were back in the efl after 11 years and their experience of playing in national league north level. i mean you know we remember in the national league but imagine being in national league north level 
Mm. He was there. He was quite disparaging about Workington, which you know I, I caught. I, I pulled him up on as a West Cumbrian, but there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think he said like going to Colwyn Bay and places like that. I mean, I thought, wow, that that's that. Well, as well, like people him. forget Stockport were a solid like championship club. Yeah, really, not 90s, that long yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't that long ago. So yeah, it, 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 it must be carbine for them. But uh, the fact that they've not hit high expectations yet this season, and uh, we also talked about basically the very me- no- high number of uh, player links between the two sides. We also just got. Christian Dennis, Paul Huntington, and Ben Barkley in our squad, and uh, Paddy Madden in there. So there you go. So here's the chat I had with uh, Russ uh, earlier today. So today we've got Russ. He was a Stopwop fan coming on to talk about all things Stopwop County. Um, uh, Russ, it's probably fair to say Stopwop County in the last decade or so have been through some pretty tough times. Um. But obviously, in the last few years, things have really picked up. I think there was a takeover of your club, wasn't there? And new investors came in, put a bit of money into the club. And you must be delighted the fact that you're back at EFL level after, you know, being in the non-league for so long. And in particular, having to play at National League North level, because we went down to non-league. We only played in the conferences it was then for one season. To play at the level below that doesn't bear thinking about. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's horrific. It really is. So we've, we've been out of the league for 11 years. Um National League North for six years. Um, and it's, yeah, you're right. It's horrific playing teams that you wouldn't, you sort of see them in the FA Trophy and the FA quali- FA Cup qualifying rounds and things like that. Going to Colwyn Bay away and Workington and all this kind of stuff. So, hey, yeah. I've been working to this. Well, I say it's not that bad a place, actually. I've <laughs> been to Borough Park. It isn't the greatest place in the world. So, there you go. <laughs> well, it's probably, it's probably a nice place, but, yeah. you know, when you've got to play, you've got to play these yeah. village teams. Yeah. And, yeah, and right. you know, we're getting, we, we were getting beat by North Ferriby at home and they brought seven fans. So, yeah. um, it's, it's horrific. Christian Dennis did well for us, actually, in those, some of those days. So, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about him later. But, yeah, got investment now. We've got, um, a, a nice new shiny owner who's, um, is somewhere worth between five and 800 million. Um, he's local. He's a local person. He's a local Stockport lad. He's a Stockport County fan. And he wants to get us back into the championship, um, within the next sort of five years. So, uh, we're really, we're really, really looking forward to it. And, um, yeah, we're just, we're glad to be back in the EFL. Um, that, that's where we, where we think we belong. Well, Getting back into the EFL, there was quite a big expectation for you this season, wasn't there? Because you you won a National League title last season in what was a, a pretty tough battle with two other teams that had a decent amount of backing behind them in Wrexham and Chesterfield. Yet this season, despite the fact that you've been the bookies' favourites, now you might say that was a bit unrealistic from the bookies, possibly, I don't know. And obviously a squad that's packed with quality, you found it quite tough. What's gone wrong so far, would you say? I think it's turnover of players and... Mm. And setting expectations. So, the, the, not only were we book, were we Bucky's favourite, but the manager and the, um, the the club basically said we want to get up again. You know, yeah. which is which is good to have ambition. Yeah. You know, you 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 want to you want to be able to say that. But the the turnover of players, we've brought eight or nine in and, and let some go um, on loan and things. And um, the, I think the jump in quality when when we were down in the national league, it's changed since you you would you, you know you were down there. Yeah. Um, there's lots of really good clubs there, and it, there's this there's this wide uh, consensus that if you do well in the national league, you, you'll automatically do well in league two, and you'll you'll double bounce in some cases. There's, there's been no evidence of that, obviously, yeah. but <laughs> um, but that's that's what it's that's what everybody thinks down there. It's not been the case. The jump up has been more than I, I think we expected, and then adding pressure to ourselves in terms of expectation. I think it's just taking us a while to. Uh, to adjust. 
Yeah, it is one of those things that I think a lot of people do expect the fact that, you know, oh yeah, you know, a team that runs away in the National League, they're going to be right up the top the next season. And actually, when you look back in recent seasons, it doesn't actually happen that often, does it really? It, it, I mean, Barrow and Harrogate are prime examples of teams that didn't really set the world on fire when they came up. I know different circumstances with COVID, it's obviously a lot, much, lot more challenging back then, wasn't it? Um in terms of your summer recruitment, I'm looking at it. I mean, you signed Fraser Horsfall, who's, you know, a defender who's done really well at uh, um, Northampton Town last season. And you've got uh, Chris Hussey, who's a player with bags of experience at this level as well. And and uh, Kyle Wooten, I think we all saw scoring for fun uh, for Notts County in the National League last season. Is it a feeling then maybe it is a too, few too many players coming in and maybe dis- disrupting the apple cart a little bit too much? I think so, yeah, but they are starting to slowly click now. Mm-hmm. So Fraser Horsfall is just a Rolls Royce of a defender compared to what we've had in the last eleven years. Um he's he's plays at the back for us. Carl Wooten gets through so much work. Mm-hmm. Um he's he's just a nuisance. He doesn't score many goals, but we're starting to see his value to the team now. And like you say, Hussey. There's there's more as well. It's just a case of getting those lads to click with the lads that were here last season. Um, we've still got a couple of lads that um, were here from the National League North days as well. Mm-hmm. So it just I, th- I think it just it takes time. The natives are getting restless, you know, with, <laughs> I mean, before yesterday, because we got a good win yesterday against Salford away. But uh, before that, the natives were getting restless. And yeah. everyone started to think, oh, does, does Challenger need to go? Well, no, he doesn't. So let's let's give him time to, to, to get these players gelling and clicking. Um and I think I think I think we'll be okay. Yeah, one thing I think has been pointed out, I think, by some of the sort of League Two podcasts and things like that, is the fact that discipline seems to be a bit of an issue for the for you this season. I mean, is it currently is it five red cards to your four wins in the league or something like that? I think it is. Is that a bit of a problem, or is it is it just a bit of bad luck maybe on, on occasion? I think I think it's a bit of both. It's becoming a problem because mm-hmm. you know five red cards. I think the next team is two red cards in the in the disciplinary league. Yeah. Um, so it is, a, it is becoming a problem. The the red cards, I mean, we could talk about referees all day, but the red yeah. cards, some of them have just been absolutely stupid. Others have been two yellows. I think only, I say I say only, two of the red cards, I would say, were, were proper red cards. Um, uh, Camps, two-footed in on, on a player last uh, last Saturday. And then Madden, He's an, he's an experienced player. We were getting frustrated, and he and he he left his foot in on somebody as they were on the floor. That kind, bit bit of a David Beckham, um, World Cup '98 kind of thing. So, I don't I don't think it's a massive problem. But if you start to top them up, then you know, too too, too many incidents become a problem, don't they? So yeah, something we need to curtail. Yeah. You mentioned his name there, Madden, obviously Paddy Madden, um, Carlisle fans. He, he's always a point of discussion with us because we brought him over from, I think it was from Bohemians we signed him from in about 20, it would have been 2011, I think it was, yeah, early 2011, I think the summer, or the January transfer window then. Um, he never quite hit the ground running at all for us. I think he was unlucky that we had a very good front line in League One and he was struggled to really make an impact into that and Greg Abbott was reluctant to make any changes and bring him in at times he went on low to Yeovil did really well at Yeovil and ended up making a permanent move there and our fans always look back and go why didn't we just keep him off that low to Yeovil well he didn't want to stay essentially that was it he wanted to move on and get regular football um I mean he's been brilliant for you hasn't he really it's a strange one wasn't it? he took the step down from league one at Fleetwood to come to you guys I mean I think inevitably money's probably played a big and a long contract has played a big part in him wanting to go there he must be quite a popular figure of your fans 
Yeah, no, he definitely is. I mean, he, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say he single-handedly dragged us up from the mm-hmm. National League, but he was the player that when we started to wobble, he was the one getting us through games and scoring goals. He scored the first goal in the in the final game against Halifax to, to basically put the nail in the coffin of Wrexham. So, yeah. um, so to bring us up, he's, no, he's really good. He's the captain. Um, he scored yesterday. He's got, I think he's got four in four now. Um, so he's he's really really good. Yeah, and, and it's surprising hearing other teams uh, say he's not not been very good for them. I mean. We spoke to a Yeovil podcast last season. Um, they, they they couldn't speak highly enough of him. I think he scored in playoff finals for them and things. I think, so I think we are the only club where he's failed. Right. Typically, it's, it's just rotten luck. Like like I said, I mean, at the time we had Lee Miller, who was you know he'd play for Scotland. We'd signed him from Middlesbrough, and he was outstanding. And he was the central striker, and he was never going to get him out of the team. I think essentially at the time that was the problem. Really, with all yeah, do. yeah. I mean, he's he's fantastic for us. He's, he'll be a nuisance oh, on Tuesday night. I'm sure, he will. Um, <laughs> And he's, he's he's generally people's, you know, to score within ninety minutes on on the betting yeah. slip. So yeah. Okay. Well, let, let's talk about a couple of the uh, the links in the Carlisle squad to you guys. Um, ben Barkley. So obviously we've got him on a season long loan from you. He he won't be available for Tuesday night. He's injured anyway, so he wouldn't have featured either either way. Um, yeah, he came in and there was there was kind of reaction when he first arrived of like. Oh, we signed a player on loan from another League Two club, but then when you sort of looked into it, like actually oh, he's got a decent pedigree, and and you know what there's. He started the season so well, and he was so unlucky to pick up an injury when he did. That, like, there's a genuine question of like, why did you guys load him out? <laughs> Your defense must be very good. And when you, when we see you sort of struggling to get away from the bottom at the start of the season, we were thinking, why is he going out? Is is it just one of those things where you've just got such a, an embarrassment of riches at times? You, you had the opportunity to let him go out alone. If I knew the answer, I'd tell you honestly because we we got we got him in um, at the start of last season, I yeah. think it was. Um, and when he came in, he came from Accrington and he was he was ever present for them, you know, yeah. League League One. And we were thinking, great, we've got a stellar stellar centre half on the on the same lines of Paddy Madden, Anthony Sarsavic, that that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and for whatever reason, it just didn't really click for him. And he went out on loan to Yeovil last season. They like they love him. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we all thought oh, he was going to come back and gonna, he's going to get into the team now. But we just started signing other centre-halves um, and he couldn't get into the team. I think there's a, a school of thought that um, he's too expensive. He's probably he's probably playing yeah. at a level where he's too expensive to let go kind of thing. Or mm-hmm. No one wants to pay his wages. Uh, I, I, I suspect we're sort of footing some of his wages for you, yeah. for you lot. Um, and he's um, he's got a long contract. So yeah. it's it's just it just doesn't make sense. So alone makes more sense than than, yeah. than sort of getting rid of him at the moment. But um, I like him. I, yeah. I thought he was really good when he played. I'm I'm surprised he's gone. Yeah, he's, he's looked really good. He, he, he had good ability on the ball. He's going to find it tough to get into the team because that, that's one area where we are very very strong. Where we've got, in fact, I've just realised we've got another one of your former players, Paul Huntington, in our team. Now he's yeah. a Carlisle lad, Paul. Um, so obviously coming back up. It took a bit of persuading because I think his feeling was he could still play at League One level after having left Preston. In the end, he finally signed for us and he's been outstanding since he's come in. I mean, he only had a short spell there. In fact, actually, let's let's touch on someone else who had a short spell with you guys. It's our boss, Paul Simpson. Yes. He talks <laughs> through his managerial career and he says, you know, I've deserved to be sacked on occasions, you know, and he, he's very honest and very forthright and he, and he doesn't hide from the fact, you know, I've made mistakes in my career. But he said the biggest mistake ever was taken on the stopwatch job, he said, because the people at the top were, he said... He has not got a nice word to say about the people who I'm presuming are the owners who are now long gone. Yeah. But I mean, it sounds like the time when he was in charge was was chaotic to say the least. 
Yeah, I mean that was the that was just it, we, we've we've got a podcast series called mm. The Dark Days, and it, and it charts all of that. He's he's in there, but he's not he's not because he's not you know the Dark Days aren't because of him, um, but he's he's in there. So yeah, yeah. it was chaotic. Um, it's it was on our way down. Mm-hmm. Um, I still I'm still convinced to this day. And I've said it on record many times. If we'd have kept hold of Paul Simpson that season, we wouldn't have been relegated. Mm. Uh, but we were. Um, just a little story, actually, for you, yeah. for your listeners. Um, apparently, Paul well, Paul Simpson replaced Jim Gannon yeah. uh, at, at the club. Uh, Jim Gannon had left a whiteboard at the training centre with uh, some transfer targets. This is from people who were there at the time, so I'm, I'm not making this up. Uh, transfer targets, whiteboard, lots of bullet points. On that whiteboard was Jamie Vardy at the time, <laughs> a transfer target for wow. Stockport County. <laughs> apparently, when Paul Simpson came in, one of the first things he did was looked at it and said, "No, no, we're not having any of that rubbish." And then just got his his whiteboard cleaner and wiped the wiped the board clean. It's one of the things. <laughs> what, as a manager, you, you, it, 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 with hindsight, it's a wonderful thing, isn't it? You can say, "Yes, no, yeah, of course." This. Yeah, but, yeah. So it's one of the ones he wants to put his own clean slate. But he talks about the people at the top lie to him by all accounts. So he's, oh yeah, and he's, I, I don't, I don't doubt that at all. Yeah. They, they would have done. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was a, it was a horrific time for us. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the the other person in in our squad who had a a mixed spell with you guys. I think it's fair to say, Christian Dennis. He's um, yeah. He told me actually recently, I was, I was chatting recently, and he did say that he actually lives within walking distance of Edgerly Park still. So he's looking forward to that because he won't have to get on the bus. <laughs> he's like, hey, walk around the corner. I'm saying, you know, fancy my chances maybe to get a goal in that game, possibly. You know, he's a cheeky lad. You'd probably appreciate that. Um, mm. But yeah, his time with you was mixed, wasn't it? Because he he came in and he did okay. And then he, he had that loan spell out, didn't he? At um, I think it was uh, uh, Macclesfield Town, wasn't it? He did really well there. Yeah. Um, he, he actually, in fact, he told me a great story. I'm, I'm giving our listeners a little bit of insight because we've got an interview coming up with him on one of our episodes soon that I did a few weeks ago. And he told me a story about when he was being told he was going to be let go by you guys. But I think it was it Neil Young used to be our manager, was it? Yeah. Yes, right. <laughs> he said like one day, like he, he, he gets a call from Neil Young and he tells him, oh, I've got, you know, come along. I'm going to have a meeting with you. Come along to Cheshire Oaks, you know, because it was somewhere in between where the two of them lived or something. You know, Cheshire, I, I live down this way, so I know Cheshire Oaks is a shopping centre for those who yeah, yeah. don't know, right? So he's thinking, well, he's not going to drag me all the way there just to tell me he's going to let me go or anything, is he? Yeah, he's not going to do that. Oh, no, he did. He dragged him all the way there to tell him, I don't fancy you, you, you can go. That, so, doesn't, that, yeah, that doesn't surprise me with Neil Young. Yeah, oh god. So, so not a fan of his, basically. Yeah, don't, but, uh, don't don't drag up the past like that. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's still about Christian Dennis at the time with you because for us. He, he, when he first came in, his match sharpness maybe wasn't quite there. But this season, he's been brilliant for us. He's obviously our top scorer, one of the top scorers in the league. And he is one of those players. And I, I just think any team at this level would love to have a, a goal scorer like him, someone who's just got that ability to, to finish chances. Yeah, I mean, I think if you ask any county fan, I'm, not, I'm, I'm sure I'm not speaking out of turn here. Mm. We really like him. We really yeah. like him. He scored goals for us. Um, and he's a proper proper out-and-out striker at the time. You know, played for us for, th- for about three years, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, under Alan Lord, mainly, I think. I think Lordy got them. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, we, we really like him. Uh, I was sad to see him go. Didn't, didn't, we, we had a tendency to do this. We still do, to be fair, letting, letting good players go out on loan, as you know, with Ben Barkley. <laughs> yeah. um, and, then, and then they sort of come back and haunt us or they, they have a better time away. But, yeah, I mean, he's a good player. He'll, he'll get... I, I hope he gets a good reception when you know on Tuesday I mean I hope he doesn't mm-hmm. score obviously but <laughs> I hope he gets a good reception because I've got nothing but you know good things to say about him really good player from from our perspective yeah. well obviously uh, 
United fans are going to be coming down on Tuesday night for this game. Um, I think it'll be the first time we'll have been to actually part, probably in over a decade, actually, when I think about it. Because obviously you've been out of the league for 11 years and yeah. you would have been in League 2 and we would have been in League 1. So actually it might even be longer, it might be about 12, 13 years possibly. So uh, fans haven't been for that long. There's probably some younger fans who've never been. What what can they expect from Ashley Park? Because I mean, it's it's had its developments over the years, hasn't it? And I know from the last time, one of the last times I was there was when John Ward got sacked for us and we lost 3-0 to you guys in 2000. Eight, I think it was, and we were sat on that terrace behind the goal, and it is just seats bolted onto a terrace. It's not the greatest, is it? But what, what, what can they expect? So, so the terrace is still is still there, the railway, and that's yeah. where you'll be. Uh, it's still open. There's still no roof on it. Yeah. We've got plans to upgrade the stadium to a twenty thousand seater old oh, wow. singing, old dancing. Um, new seats have been put in, uh, new catering, so you'll, that that'll be better for you. We've got a brand new uh, shiny screen, so. Bring your sunglasses if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna turn around and look at it because <laughs> it, it will it'll 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 scorch your eyes. Um, but yeah, the whole the whole grounds had a bit of a bit of an uplift. Uh, lots of investment, uh, especially on in the home areas. Uh, you'll, you should notice it. So it's, it's all had a lick of paint and and been done up somewhat since you probably last visited. Um, I guess in the future years when you come, it'll it's gonna you're gonna start seeing yeah. proper development to it. Uh, but yeah. It's the same old ground. It's open, open. You'll struggle to make noise, I guess, because it's open at, you know, open terrace. Um, and we've got our big stand at the other end that where we gen- generally make noise from. So, yeah, should be good. How, how many are you bringing, by the way? I think we've sold out the one on the on the, the covered side, the seats we've got there. We've got a right. small block there, haven't we? I think, I don't know how many we've sold for behind the goal yet, but I think we sold a fair few. So, I wouldn't be surprised right. if it's north of 500, 600 at least. So, yeah, I think it'll be a decent okay. decent following, I think. It's a shame to choose night, because I've said to some of the fans, it's a great away day stock so It's one of those ones we're, we're glad to have back in the league. So, um, we're going to go off and record a bit for your pod in a minute, um, Ross. Yep. But before we do, uh, can I have a prediction for Tuesday night? So, I'm going to say we're going to build on yesterday's good result against Sol. And I know you you had a defeat um, yesterday. As, mm-hmm. You know, I know you've had a couple, few good wins and then and then a defeat. So I'm going to say two one to County, mm. and be really really positive about it. Well, there you go. I, I suspect we'll have slightly different views on our podcast, but there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Russ, thanks for your time and uh, all the best for the rest of the season after this midweek game. Cheers, Lee. Thanks. Yeah, thanks once again to Russ for for that chat. Really, really good chat with to, to talk with him. I'm quite surprised that he, you know he was quite. Um, Sometimes you get these ones coming up where they've been promoted as champions for that, and they're very bold about, oh, you know, we should be right up there, sort of thing. But he, he seemed quite calm and level headed about the fact that, okay, we're struggling a bit early on. But I think people are realising that as much as people say, oh, you know, there's not much difference between National League and the Football League, when teams come up, they don't tend to go right up, and, and only mm-hmm. a handful of exceptions do that. We've seen in recent years, teams have struggled a bit, haven't they? Yeah, definitely. But it's worth noting as well that, you know, the last two years in this league, we had Bristol Rovers last year and Bolton the year before, who were both really languishing down the table and people were calling for the manager's heads. But they both of them stuck with the managers and both of them ended up getting promoted. So, you know, it it is a long season after all and a lot can still happen. I would not be 100% surprised if the same thing happened with Stockport. I exactly. really think yeah, they've, got chance. they've still got quality there, so it wouldn't surprise me at all. So yeah, okay, this game's a midweek game, Tuesday night at Edgeley Park. Um, referee for this one, Benjamin Speedy. It is his third season as an EFL referee. He's taken charge of 11 games so far this season. 
handing out 50 yellows and free red cards. So he's quite caught <laughs> up. He's, I mean, oh, it's just one thing after another. This isn't it. I can see what's coming here now. Yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, last season, he handed out 96 yellow cards and four red cards in 33 games. So not actually that many, to be fair. That's not that bad. Yeah. His, his red cards, he's just been a bit caught. I don't know what it is this season. It seems referees are very card happy, don't they? Um, last United game he took charge of was last October a nil-nil draw with Oldham Athletic I think this was possibly after Chris Beach had been sacked I think this might be one of the caretaker games Skelton had uh, from what I remember it was not a memorable contest uh, only one player was booked and that was an Oldham player so it doesn't really matter um, head-to-head record it's going to be the 83rd meeting between the two sides uh, United it's, it's very level actually. it is level actually uh, United and Hatters have both got 33 wins each and there's 16 games have ended in draws um, well, let's talk a bit about the Hatters squad, Mike, before we wrap things up today. Um, it is packed with quality, isn't it? Interestingly, no, they've only got yeah. two players on loan, though, haven't they? They, they, they? they generally relied on, you know, players they've already got, really. Um, one thing that does stand out to me is they've loaned a lot of players out or let a lot of players go who were key players in the past. I mean, Ben Whitfield's gone to Barrow and he's done really well there. Scott Quigley. Yeah, he's doing really well. I think, is Whitfield still the league's top assister? I, I think, think, yeah, I think he got another one at the weekend. Yeah. So I think that's moved him uh, clear again, too clear. Um, so yeah, I mean, Quigley looked really good for Rochelle when we played against them. Um, we all know how well Ben Barkley has mm. done for us when, when he was fit. It, it, it's a strange one, isn't it? Um, and yet, when you look at the players they brought in, Callum Camps from Fleetwood is someone I would have loved to have had here. Yeah. a few years ago I think he's a terrific player um, Fraser Horsfall you know mental stupid hand, handball against us <laughs> aside a mm. very good defender at this level mm. Kyle Wotton scored goals for fun at Not- for Notts County yeah I think, 19 uh, last season I think Lemon Hay Evans I think he's another one again who apparently I think he's done really well at Torquay um, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a strange one isn't it really I mean Chris Hussey mm. again Really experienced player at this level, yeah. a really wand of a left foot. Mm. It is strange how they've struggled early on, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and uh, you know, especially a lot. A lot of these players have been playing together for a couple of years now as well. So it's not that whole we've brought in a load of players in the summer and they haven't quite gelled yet. Um, yeah, it's it's bizarre, isn't it? But yeah, I think if they stick with the manager. I wouldn't be surprised if they did another Bristol Rovers or, or Bolton. I really don't because they're a, they're a team that you you have to be on form to beat them. Yeah. You ca- you can't go in, you know, and give anything less than one hundred percent because with the quality they've got, they will punish you. One hundred percent, definitely. I would expect that from them. Um, any other players stand out for you in their squad? I mean, Sarsovic and Madden are the two obvious ones, aren't they? I think yeah, if you look at it really. Uh, definitely. I th- uh, that Miles Hippolyte. I think he he played in Scotland. Bit, was it Scunthorpe, wasn't he? I, I, I wasn't that impressed with him for Scunthorpe, but then he was playing in a terrible... I mean, like, one of the worst League Two sides you'll ever see at Scunthorpe. Mm. But maybe that's the reason why he didn't... I, mean, I don't think he was awful, but I just, he was one of those like, yeah, he's, he's okay. Uh, Ollie Crankshaw's one, actually, we were after, I think. He was at Wigan, wasn't he, I think, a couple of years mm. ago. So I think he's one that potentially we could have had in the past but didn't quite work out. Um, I mean, let's talk a little bit about the, the Paddy Madden question. I mean, it's one of those ones, isn't it, looking back... He is the most. He is the ultimate with hindsight, isn't he? In terms of Cal United. Yeah, well, I mean, you say with hindsight, but he was still contracted to us when he was banging in goals for Yeovil. Is is the thing? This this yeah. is the problem you got with somebody like that, though. Yeovil were flying high. We were sort of struggling lower mid table. Mm. He's out of contract at the end of that season. 
he's probably turning around saying, I don't want to stay at Cali United. I've not had a mm. chance here. I want to go mm. where I'm actually playing football and I'm oh, yeah, happy definitely. down there. That's probably what's coming from it. And yeah. it's very, very hard to say no to a player then because he might come back. Oh, and he yeah. might, and he, if he comes back and he doesn't do anything, you think to yourself, well, we're stuck with a player here now mm. who we could have got you know, 20, 50 grand or something from mm. uh, when he's out of contract at the end of the season and put a nice sell-on in there. And, and yeah, he was brilliant for Yeovil and they got the best out of him. But when he first came in, yeah, he'd done great in, in Ireland. But he was never going to get in that team, was he, when you realistically look at it? Yeah, um, and you know, to be honest, he's a testament to Greg Abbott's ability to find a player. All right, exactly, he couldn't it? get the most out of him, but he's the one who spotted him in Ireland and brought him yeah. over here. You know, I think it was a combination of him and Cav at the time. I think it wasn't it because I think Cav yeah. had his contacts over there. Um, I think, yeah, it, it's because I think before we got him, there were other clubs. I think Celtic were watching him at, yeah, at one point. Celtic definitely were one of those. There was bigger clubs watching, and we we nipped mm-hmm. in and got him. Um, but realistic when you look at we had a front line there we had Zoka we had Lee Miller we had Rory Loy flying we had John Paul McGovern, John Paul McGovern, McGovern playing as one of those forwards and then Jordan Cook obviously came in alone and he was brilliant when he had his loan spell mm. realistically it was always going to be a challenge for him to start especially because he wanted to be that central striker in a, in a free yeah Lee Miller's never getting dropped you're not no, dropping uh, Lee Miller and Lee Miller was, was so crucial to the way that we played and yeah, Madden just was just goals, a different yeah. type of type of striker wasn't yeah. it yeah for Miller it wasn't just the goals it was the way he brought in the mm. likes of Zoko and McGovern and, and you know Loy and people like that so yeah he was unlucky Madden with us and I think mm. it's one of those ones of hindsight I saw him play in some reserve games I was working at the club at the time and he wasn't good he mm. looked poor in those games so in that sense he only had himself to blame for the fact that he wasn't forcing himself into the team and then he goes away and does his good loan spot and he fight and he clicks that. He works for some players at some clubs and mm. not others. Carl Hawley's the ultimate player example of that, isn't yeah. it? For us. Didn't work out at all for him at Walsall. Brilliant for us. Preston didn't really work out. Most of his other clubs, bar maybe a brief spell at Scunthorpe and Knotts, it mm. didn't work out for him. Mm. It was us where everything clicked. And it happens mm. sometimes. You just have to deal with that, don't you, really? That's just yeah. the way it is. Exactly. So there you go. Uh, as I mentioned, Mike, last time out, uh, they were playing uh, against... Um, Salford City and uh, they won 2 0 in the, mm-hmm. the big derby game. Uh, got a game just before, goal, sorry, just before half time from uh, Collar and then uh, Paddy Madden, who's really hitting a bit of form, isn't he? Really, he, he got the goal assisted by Carl Wotton. So um, they're definitely going to be a pair to watch out for, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Madden, all right. I think during his sort of Hayder Yeovil, he, he had a bit of pace about him, mm-hmm. um, but he's always just been a goal scorer, hasn't he? That, and I think now. His pace has maybe gone a bit, but he's probably sort of a a similar sort of player to Christian Dennis, you'd maybe say. He's probably evolved no? into being a good player who could hold up the ball as well, because he never looked like a player yeah. could do that when he was fuzzy. He was very much about his pace and getting away from mm. him, wasn't he? So, so yeah, no, fair play to him. Um, yeah, so in terms of the form table, they're slap bang in the middle pretty much. I think they're 13th for uh, Stockport. They're basically, in the last six games, they've got nine points. So they've, they've, they've basically, they've, I think they've won two. Drawn for other drawn free. Sorry, I'm trying to get the table up here. It's not loaded on my computer for a second here. There you go, right? I've got it up now. Sorry. So yeah, in the last, um, the eight points study they've got in the last uh, six games. So they've they've got a record of drawn, lost, drawn, one, lost, one. So they're middling at the moment, and um, for us, it's a case of trying to bounce back, isn't it? The first attempt mm. now. Let's talk quickly, Mike, before we go into predictions and wrap up today's episode about United and what we do because. Injury suspension-wise, we are in a real tough situation for this game, aren't we? I mean, yeah, 
what are you doing then? Because obviously we haven't got Edmondson fit. Dennis is going to have to play probably a full 90 minutes again, <laughs> which is not ideal, really. He, I, I feel for him. He's not getting a huge amount of rest at the moment, is he? No. What 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 are you going to do with the line? I think I'd, I'd do what we alluded to before. I think we've got no choice but to kind of go a 3-6-1 um, and maybe just play Gibson in behind Dennis. Um, or may, or maybe even, because, I mean, Jaden Harris played as a 10 for Aldershot and maybe even play him as like a 10. Because Dennis doesn't, he's not the most physical player in the final third yeah. and maybe put Harris in there and he'd give you that bit, bit of physicality I mean, there. There is an option potentially to put Melish into midfield and bring someone else in defence, possibly. Yeah. I think I'd rather keep him in defence. You know, mistakes aside at the weekend, I think he's been mm. brilliant there this season, so I don't think I'd make a change there. Um, yeah, I'm just looking for. I mean, the one issue we've got is as, as soon as as soon as you promote Harris into the starting line, which you're probably going to have to, I imagine that's probably going to be the decision. You've then got to bring an Ida into the bench, and again, the the bench starts to look like it's packed with defenders and young kids basically oh yeah in fact you know what if you do that you literally only got Toby you can bring off the bench and you can only get 10-15 minutes out of him realistically yeah so that's that's what worries me Mm. what what we do there potentially do you it's a tough one it's a very tough one actually it is a tough one it really is and I think Edmondson's three match ban is the last thing that we we need right now it really is definitely absolutely um Right, well, I think we've covered as much as we can there, Mike. So let's let's get our predictions in. Um, go on, let's have yours for this game. Uh, well, I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw, and I'll go for Christian Dennis to score. Ooh, okay, 1-1 with Christian Dennis. You know what? I did the the thing for the um, Stockport County pod, and they asked me what my prediction was, and guess what I said? What did you say? 1-1 draw, Christian Dennis to score. <laughs> and I'm going to go for that again. So I'm afraid if you get points, I'm oh, getting points as well. So what a you shit just ass. can't have me gaining on you in this little leaderboard, I know, can you? I know. We should, we should say, actually, in terms of the leaderboard, uh, both me and Dan got a point for predicting Ryan Edmund to score. Yeah. So uh, as it stands, Dan's on 10, you're on 9, and I'm still on 4. <laughs> you'll get there eventually, you know. Maybe, yeah. maybe you're like a stockpot county, and you'll bubble away, and you'll get yourself up the table. You never know. Uh, right, well, here's what Dan uh, had to say in terms of his predictions for this game. I'm going to go for a hard-fought 2-1 win, Christian Dennis and mm, Jordan Gibson. Now he's got a goal, he's going to go on a run. Thanks there, Dan, for your predictions as well. Um, Rightio, uh, we're not going to do the X-Files section this week. Uh, we're going to save it and do a bumper one for the uh, Tramir game preview, which will probably be coming out on Thursday, potentially, because I have to record it a little bit earlier because I'm away this week. So annoying. My nearest away game of the season, I'm not going to be there, unfortunately, because I'm at a <laughs> wedding in Cardiff. So uh, so there you go. Um, that's it, I think. We've pretty much covered it. Like yeah. I said, it's weird. We've lost 3-2. We've ended up, you know, the, the nine-game unbeaten run's over. But we're still feeling confident, aren't we? There's yeah, a bit of definitely. belief there, isn't there? It's just, we just got to get this injury list sorted. Yeah. I mean, Jamie. I, I, would... I saw Jamie Devitt was training. I should say, actually, he's back in training on the grass, which is really good to see as well. Mm. That's another really important option for us, isn't it? I would. I would say that this Tuesday at Stockport is the worst game for the injuries and sort yeah. of suspensions. Now, I think this is the barest of bare bones that we're at now. Yeah, hundred percent. It would, particularly in attack. That that's the area where we've got real problems in it. So yeah. So hopefully that you know. There's light at the end of the tunnel, and hopefully Stretton. I think the mention was that Stretton was potentially only a couple of weeks, wasn't it? So, with mm. any luck, he might be back for maybe 
Probably not Tramway at the weekend, maybe for the Tramway Cup game, possibly. So that would be good if we can get him back for that. If he's allowed yeah. to play in it, I don't know if there's any restrictions in terms of Cup ties. He is on a season-long loan, so hopefully he shouldn't be. But there you go. Um, right, well, that's it then, Mike. Well, like I said, we'll be back uh, later this week to do a, a preview of the uh, Tramway Rovers game as well. And then obviously we'll be back the week after to do a preview of the Tramway Rovers FA Cup game, because that's the way the Cup draw has gone for us this year. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Mike, thanks very much for joining me. Cheers. Uh, thanks everyone for listening and up the blues. Up the blues. Oh.